The purging of the child of God's soul is a holy process that begins at the place Jesus Christ calls born again and continues until we leave this earth and see Jesus face to face. Then the purging is complete. An enthusiastic young convert told his mother that he had been saved. She sarcastically replied, Saved from what? The answer, of course, is saved from yourself, saved from the pursuits of the foolishness of vanity and the blind bondage of sin, saved from eternal cognizant damnation in the lake of fire, saved from that. This holy purging process proceeds at a quick pace. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word. This cleansing and purging takes place as the child of God searches the scriptures. John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God instructs, convicts, and mobilizes the purging process. The word literally washes. Consider what John the Baptist prophesied in Matthew three eleven and 12. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire." Gospel of John, chapter 15, 1 and 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Hebrews nine fourteen. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And last, 2 Timothy 2.21, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet to the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Holy Ghost purging is seldom comfortable, but it is the highway of godly perfection. Without it, no man will see God. Have you been born again? Are you ready to be purged of all your sin? Today, all of Satan's bondages will be broken, every single one. If you yearn to be free of your sins and shame, today is your day of salvation, even right now. Follow the simple prompt. Ready? Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Psalms 18, verse 31, For who is God save the Lord, or who is a rock save our God? God said, John eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever be- liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? God said, Job 38, verse 17, Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Man said, I have evolved from a mysterious primordial soup. 
I wiggled out as a slimy one-celled organism, possibly aided by an abundance of amoeba dung, and have evolved into the marvel of what I am today. Also, my cousin is a banana. That makes beautiful sense, doesn't it? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 951, that will for the 951st time certify the pure and supernatural inerrancy of God's Holy Bible. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of God's children and as a platform from which to fish for the lost souls of the sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Take advantage of four highly beneficial God Said, Man Said features. One, you have questions, God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Number two, use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It's so quick and easy. Three, imagine. You can download nearly 352 hours of God Said, Man Said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. And number four, sign up for the God Said, Man Said weekly broadcast, and fresh bread will be delivered to you, God willing, every Thursday eve. Thank you for visiting. May God satisfy all of your needs and help you purge out all that is not. This is feature 31 in the powerful Jot and Tittle series. Thus far, God Said, Man Said has published 228 separate proofs that the glorious God of the Bible is. God is proven here beyond any reasonable doubt. Those who still resist do so because, as Jesus said, their deeds are evil. Get ready for marvelous proof 229 to 235. God proof number 229, Luke 11, 11 through 13. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? God says the egg is good. When God endorses a product of his creation, wise men and women, boys and girls, get in line. For years, the world's medical community has maligned the incredible edible egg, and those who have followed their unbelief have suffered the negative results of doing the wrong thing. The following paragraph is from page 72 of the March 2019 issue of Reader's Digest, the feature details 50 health facts that your doctor wants you to know. The headline reads, Eggs are bad for your heart. Myth. The old thinking was that cholesterol in food would raise blood cholesterol levels and in turn increase the risk of heart disease. A recent study of more than 400,000 adults found that eating an egg a day increased good cholesterol levels and cut the risk of cardiovascular death by 18%. End of quote. Unbelief shortens lives. When one casts off the word of God, one can only expect to reap the curse of doing the wrong thing. God proof number 230, Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 3. 
Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. New research once again knocks the gainsayers on their backsides. Thousands of years before modern science begins to understand, God's Word has already staked out His position, and it is always correct. One of God's most highly endorsed products is milk. In Genesis 8, 18, excuse me, verses 6 through 8, Abraham is visited by the Lord and his companions, and Abraham prepares and serves them a very medically incorrect meal. The verse reads, And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk, and the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. Dietary experts in the medical world have instructed the community at large that adults don't need milk, and that, further, whole milk is a killer. Today's grocery shelves are loaded with anti-whole milk products under the guise of health, but are these products really healthier? The following excerpts are from the April-May 2019 issue of AARP magazine and provide more proof that whole milk, as God endorses, is the milk of choice. Is whole milk okay? Yes. A recent study has shown that consuming full-fat dairy products is associated with a longer life. In a 2018 study of more than 130,000 adults in 21 countries, those who ate two or more daily servings of whole-fat dairy had a 22% lower risk of heart disease and a 34% lower risk of stroke than those who ate less dairy, end of quote. When God's Word says yes, pay attention. God proof number 231, Deuteronomy 32, verses 3 and 4, verse 31 and 37. Because I will publish the name of the Lord... Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. And he shall say, Where are their gods, their rock, in whom they trusted? Man's truth of yesterday has been debunked by his truth of today. His truth of today will be debunked by his truth of tomorrow. This conundrum is so because man's truth is not the truth. Jesus Christ, also known as the Word of God, on the other hand, is the inerrant, perfect truth that is always true and never changes. Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today, and forever. He is even the rock of our salvation. 
to the gainsayers he is the rock of offense, 1 Peter 2, 7 and 8. The rock is demonstrated in the beauty and benefits afforded by his precepts and commandments that protect the obedient from the world's hurtful lust. Because of our rock, we know where we came from, why we are here, where we are going. We also know whether we are boys or girls and which bathroom to use. Because of this holy rock, the born again have made peace with God, even becoming, uh, becoming a child of God and have laid hold on all the promises of God culminating in eternal life in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is the rock. The world's religions and its science cannot attain. God proof number 232, Genesis chapter 24, verse 10. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. The standard set by the Bible concerning its content is out of this world. It purports to be authored by the inerrant God of creation and supernaturally penned by God's holy men. Imagine that he has preserved it for us all these thousands of years. Natural academia has no such equal. Every book ever written will by necessity bow before this book. Satan's academic champions have challenged the Bible incessantly. They have vociferously challenged its supreme authorship and inerrancy. They challenge the penmen. They publicly ridicule its miraculous accounts and attempt to discredit its historic accuracy. But as those with childlike faith should suspect, Satan's champions have failed time after miserable time. Over 4,000 years ago, Nahor, the grandfather of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, begat their father Terah. The Bible declares a city of old bears Nahor's name. Can biblical history be relied upon? The following excerpts of biblical historical figures and places is from Bill Cooper's book, After the Flood. Nahor. The name Nahor is known from Babylonian inscriptions and from the clay tablets of Mari, which render the name Nahor. Nahor settled in Haran, which was later to become known as the town of Nahor. This appears in inscriptions from the reign of Ashurbanipal as Nehuru, the city's latest ruins being known as the Assyrian, but to the Assyrians as Til-Naheri, the mound or hill of Nahor. End of quote. Can one rely upon the word of God? The headline in the Jerusalem Post reads, Dr. Elliot Mazur. The Bible is blueprint. The paragraph follows. Mazur, who is both revered and reviled by some of her colleagues for being a biblical archaeologist, says the Bible is unquestionably the most important historical source for her work since it contains a genuine historical account of the past. I work with the Bible in one hand and the tools of excavation in the other, she says. The Bible is the most important historical source. End of quote. God proof number 233. John chapter 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus says in John 10, verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber.
Man will always seek another way. It's an inherited trait. Adam and Eve lost immortality in God's paradise via the process of unbelief and disobedience when they ate of the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Immortality can only be regained by reversing the order through repentance and faith in the blood of Christ and then obeying God's word. Consider man's futile quest to regain immortality his way. Excerpts from previous God Said, Man Said features dealing with, dealing with immortality, excuse me, follow. God Said, Man Said, Sky Water, Immortality plus 1,000 years and 120 years. Does it seem feasible to you that the God of all knowledge would be able to create a man and woman who were immortal, created to live forever? Such an idea drew the ridicule of the academics but today's science is beginning to give it serious consideration. Even the word immortality has entered the lexicon of medical parlance. The headline in the March-April 2015 issue of Psychology Today reads, Tinkering with Mortality. The subhead reads, The quest for eternal life has been with us eternally, but the latest interventions raise questions we've never before encountered. The headline in the May 8, 2015 issue of the week reads, Tech's Quest for Immortality. The subhead, Silicon Valley's billionaires have a new project, said Ariana Young-Jung Cha. They want to defy death. World-renowned Dr. Sanjay Gupta wrote the following in his book, Chasing Life. All over the world and right in your backyard, there are people who are steadily pushing back the frontier of aging. They are not content to simply wither away, becoming frail and feeling worthless. Instead, they are achieving a sort of practical immortality, living as long as they want to live and dying only when they are through living. Immortality is on the horizon, and it is within our reach for the first time. End of quote. Several headlines listed in the March 2017 issue of Life Extension magazine show the lengths to which carnal man will go in his godless pursuit of immortality. October 27, 2016, uh, GeekWire.com. Is Jeff Bezos looking for the fountain of youth? Jeff Bezos, billionaire founder of Amazon and Mayo Clinic, are investors in a startup that's received $116 million to develop anti-aging therapies. December 2, 2010, the Washington Post. A Harvard professor says he can cure aging, but is that a good idea? November 29, 2016, The Telegraph. World's first anti-aging drug could see humans live to 120. April 24, 2016, The Wall Street Journal. Fountain of youth. Drug trial has seri a senior scrambling to prove they're worthy. June 26, 2016, New York Post. What if you could live forever? September 2016, Scientific American, will we defeat aging? End of quotes. Man will always seek another way, but he never succeeds. We have the formula for eternal life, and that formula is Jesus Christ, the only way. God proof number 234, Job chapter 38, verse 17. Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Where is this place that God speaks of? Could there possibly be literally gates of death or doors of the shadow of death? 
God said, man said, occasionally refers to the law or rule of first occurrence, which is an etymological term. Etymology is the study of words and their origin. The law of first occurrence states that the meaning of a word is typically defined in its first use. In the beginning, when the concept of death was alien to man, for he was immortal and sinless, God cautioned Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 2.17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. God said that the day they ate of it they would surely die. Even Adam ate and died spiritually. They died the second death, the very day they ate, and as a result were cast out of paradise. Yet they lived on physically for hundreds of years. Their sins separated them from God, who is the creator and only source of life. Yes, there are actual gates of death, and yes, there are doors of the shadow of death. They are revealed in the word of God as we apply the law of first occurrence. As we evaluate what happened to our great-grandmother Eve, these two places referenced in Job become evident. Even Adam were the first to see the doors of the shadow of death and to pass through the gates of death. To all their progeny, the location of these gates remains the same. Mr. and Mrs. Adam's encounter with the gates of death is recorded in Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The doors of the shadow of death were discovered when Eve entertained Satan's contradiction of God's word. Thoughts which are spiritual entities supersede action. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. The doors of the shadow of death are where one entertains the spirit of disobedience. The gates of death, on the other hand, were discovered by Eve when she yielded to Satan's lie and ate the forbidden fruit. She died that very day. In an act of unbelief, for she believed Satan's words over God's, and an act of disobedience, Eve passed through the gates of death. James 1, 14 and 15 clearly depicts the process just mentioned. It reads, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. As there are doors of the shadow of death where Eve entertained Satan's deception, there are the doors of the shadow of life, or should I say the glory of life, where we hear the message of salvation and entertain that thought. As there are the gates of death which were initially entered via unbelief and disobedience, there are the gates of life 
which are entered through faith and obedience in and by Christ Jesus. These doors and gates are real, literal places. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Choose the right doors. Choose the right gates. God Proof 235, Genesis 7, verse 4. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. The Bible declares a global flood in the days of Noah, and proof is literally everywhere. It continues to surface daily. The April 2019 issue of Acts and Facts has a feature title, Marine Fossils with Hell Creek Dinosaurs, written by geologist Tim Clary, Ph.D. A few excerpts follow. Recently, a new species of shark was found at the site where T. rex Sioux was extracted. While this didn't surprise flood geologists, it required some special pleading by evolutionary scientists to explain away another apparent marine animal in the wrong place. Sioux was discovered in South Dakota in a sedimentary rock unit known as the Hell Creek Formation, also known as HCF. This formation also covers parts of North Dakota and Montana and resides near the top of a massive pile of sedimentary rocks called the Williston Basin. A few years ago, I researched the HCF and showed that it was encapsulated top and bottom by sedimentary rocks that even secular scientists agree are marine in origin. The bottom line is that the Fox Hills Formation, directly below the HCF, is accepted as a marine deposit, and the unit immediately above the HCF, the cannonball member of the Fort Union Formation, is accepted as a marine deposit, yet Hell Creek itself is claimed to be terrestrial solely because it contains dinosaur fossils, but it's filled with marine fossils from top to bottom. This is nothing new for the global rock record. We see this same fossil mix across all continents. Even most European Cretaceous dinosaurs are found not mixed with marine fossils, but in actual marine rocks like chalk and limestone. Spinosaurus, the largest theropod dinosaur ever discovered, was found in Morocco with car-sized fossils of colacanth fish, which today are only found in the deep ocean. The best explanation of the mix of land and marine organisms is not fluctuating sea levels, as most secularists claim, but a massive global flood that covered all the continents, just as Genesis describes, end of quote. A new species of seagoing shark found in the Hell Creek Formation in South Dakota? Most unlikely, wouldn't you say? God's word is true and righteous altogether, every jot and every tittle. God said, Psalms 18, verse 31, For who is God save the Lord, or who is a rock save our God? God said, John eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? 
God said, Job 38, 17, Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Man said, I have evolved from a mysterious primordial soup. I wiggled out as a slimy, one-celled organism, possibly aided by an abundance of amoeba dung, and have evolved into the marvel of what I am today. Also, my cousin is the banana. That makes beautiful sense, doesn't it? Now you have the record.